You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network covering the Chargers, and this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome in. A special thank you to everyone who is checking out the show for the first time today. We really appreciate you guys giving us a chance. And as always, a special thank you to all of our loyal fans for checking back in with us. If you don't already, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. You can find the Locked On Charges podcast there and make sure to rate and review as well. On today's show, we don't have a normally formatted show as far as what we are doing on Thursdays as of now. But we do have some stuff to talk about because the Chargers did meet up with a couple more draft prospects. This time, high-profile wide receiver Rondale Moore and also a small school offensive lineman. So we're going to start the show by getting into those guys. And then in the second segment, we're going to get into some voicemails talking about which position groups were most nervous about outside of the offensive line and special teams players, and which ones were most excited about. So we'll get into that, as well as if we think the hype train for Brandon Staley has gone too far at this point. And then to wrap up the show, ESPN has come out with an article talking about a daring move that each NFL team could make, and the Chargers one is pretty daring, and the explanation for it wasn't great. So we're going to get into that to wrap things up, but let's go ahead and get into it. The Chargers prospects that they have been meeting with over Zoom have been trickling in pretty much all from Justin Mello. Pretty impressive how much reporting that guy's been able to do because pretty much every person we've heard of that has talked to the Chargers has been from that guy. But let's start with the biggest profile guy that the Chargers have probably met with so far, and that is wide receiver Rondale Moore. And this was a little bit surprising, David, because Rondale Moore is a prospect that people think very highly of especially considering his diminutive size at five foot nine 180 pounds and especially for a guy that's only played seven games over his past two seasons he did get off with a bang to start his career as a rookie went for over 2,000 all-purpose yards but still the hype train on this guy has gone pretty high up and you would think with this meeting I mean the Chargers to realistically have a chance that Rondale Moore would have to be in the second round or even trading back up to the first round, and I just don't see the Chargers doing that given their current needs. I'll tell you this, Daniel. If the Chargers take Rondale Moore in the first or second round, I will be absolutely livid. There are so many more important needs, and this is no disrespect to Rondale Moore whatsoever because he is a talented player. And honestly, five foot nine, let that's being a little bit generous, if I'm gonna be honest with you. But I did like some of the things that I watched on tape for Rondell Moore. He's very physical. He definitely gets yards after the catch. It seems like he is always fighting forward and getting through tackles. He has good hands. He has good body control. He's able to contort his body uh, in the air and really get himself in good positions to catch the football. Um, 
when he gets the ball in his hands, I mean, he's electric. This guy is very elusive. Um, he's going to make you look silly in the open field. He's a decent route runner. I wouldn't say he's a great route runner. He doesn't have a great route tree either. He only did a, a couple of things. They only really asked him to do a couple of things, you know, whether it's a bubble screen or a little short pass or a little slant or a go route. Those are a lot of the things that you're going to see when you watch Rondell Moore on film, as well as the punt return ability, too. I think that's an underrated part of his game. Definitely a part of it, though. This guy, like I said, when you get the ball in his hands in open field, uh, and of course you get opportunities to do that when you're a punt returner, he did excel uh, when that when he was asked to do that as well. So he definitely has some skills that you would like to use, Daniel. Uh, but as far as from the Chargers' perspective, this would be a delicacy that they absolutely should not take advantage of. Yeah, I mean, he probably best fits in the category of just offensive weapon, right? And I think there's a couple of other guys in this draft that have the same profile and would probably be a better value pick than Rondale Moore is. I mean, yes, he is a human joystick. He's a home run hitter. He can take a little screen pass and take it to the house. We've seen all that. It'll be interesting to see what his top speed is. Obviously, his acceleration with that small frame is 0 to 100 real quick, and that's why he's so nice on all of those short passes, on handoffs even. I mean, he can do a lot of those things, make something out of nothing, and he has a strong enough lower body that his, his contact balance is really good. He bounces off tacklers a lot, and he has shown that ability throughout his college career. But talking about versatility, yeah, winning the Paul Horning Award as the most versatile player in college football as a freshman, that definitely speaks to that. But yes, I mean, this would be a huge luxury pick for the Chargers. Do they have someone like that on the team right now? No, they do not. I mean, there's no one that you would really say is that type of wide receiver specifically. I mean, maybe Austin Eckler. I think Eckler. they want Joe Reed to be that type of guy. I think he has the ability to in the open field to kind of mirror some some of the things that Rondell Moore does, but we just haven't seen the Chargers put him in that position. Yeah, Joe Reed isn't as explosive. I mean, he has better vision, I would say. Probably Sim Moore. I mean, they would be the same type of gadget player more than likely, but different type of athletes, different type of athletic profiles. Either way, for the Chargers to take someone like this in the second round, I would much rather take a chance on a guy like Demetric Felton, who showed out at the senior bowl playing wide receiver, or Jalen Darden, or Elijah Moore. I think there's better value in the draft if you're looking for just an all-purpose guy that can be a punt returner, also be you know a guy that you can run gadget plays for and things like that, and a guy who's going to be a yards-after-the-catch monster. I just don't see the fit with the Chargers right now. So this is a meeting. I wouldn't look too far into it just because I would be really surprised if the Chargers had a chance to get Rondale Moore. But let's get to the second guy they talked about. And this is a small school offensive lineman. This is a guy from Massachusetts, according to Justin Mello. Larnell Coleman, their left tackle, has met with the Chargers over Zoom. So I think a lot of Charger fans, when you hear something like this, probably get PTSD because of Trey Pipkins, right? I mean, I think... You're like, okay, are the Chargers really going to take another small school offensive tackle? And I think we can all say right now, David, that like if the Chargers came away with Larnell Coleman as the only offensive lineman in this draft, it would be an absolute disaster. But this seems like something, you know, maybe later on in the draft, if they're double dipping at offensive tackle, bringing in a guy with a good physical profile that didn't play against very good talent. That's the only really thing I could think of as far as them making this meeting. Yeah, I think this one really is under the category of leave no stone unturned. I think when they give Larnell Coleman a an interview and they talk to him, I think this is a situation where they're saying, hey, hey Larnell, 
we like you. You know, we, we've seen some of the things that you did in college. We like your frame. We love the long arms. Uh, we might give you an opportunity either late in draft or as a, you know, really high profile undrafted free agent. We'd love to bring you in. We do have some issues out the offensive line and you could be some competition and maybe you can get a spot. I mean, I'm not going to say what that is, but we might give you that opportunity. So when you put on the tape and you watch Larnell Coleman, like I said, the first thing that stands out to you, obviously is six foot six, three fifteen, but it's the long arms. I mean, this guy has got freakishly long arms and they stick out on tape right away. I mean, he has a great punch. Uh, I think that was one of the things I loved when, when pass rushers were coming at him, he could s- just stone them with his hands, which I really enjoyed. Um, when he gets his hands on you, it's over. I mean, he gets, gets those long arms engaged. You're not going anywhere, and you're, you've been erased from the play. Uh, he's very susceptible to the speed rush. Uh, I mean, again, th- he's a small school guy, so there's some things that you're going to need to clean up. And he's also not really a road grader or like a nasty finisher, I would say. Uh, so those are some of the things that you kind of need to clean up for him at the next level. But he does have some physical traits that you like and that you're looking for in an offensive lineman. Yeah, and an offensive tackle like that, he'll definitely more than likely get drafted to somebody late. I mean, with tackles, I mean, plenty of teams are down to take a flyer on someone. They don't usually work out. I mean, later round draft picks for the Chargers on the offensive line have almost never worked out. I mean, Sam Tevy in the sixth round is one of the, you know, success stories in that department. But definitely someone that would just be at the end of the draft or an undrafted free agent that could come in and potentially add some depth. Yeah, that has a good, you know, physical profile to work with and a lot of things to clean up and a lot of questions to be answered of whether he could play at the next level or not but we do have two more segments to get into because we do want to get into our voicemails talking about which position groups we're most excited and most nervous about coming up right after this but first i need to tell you guys if there's any auto part that you need there's only one place to get it and that is rockauto.com with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it is now impossible to stock all the parts that you need in a traditional chain storefront so why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer When you can just go to rockauto.com, put in the type of car you have, get everything in a few easy clicks, and most importantly, get it sent right to your house. I've used them before. You're always going to get great prices. That's one thing with rockauto.com. You know that whether you're a daily driver or a mechanic, you're going to get the best low price from rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so to wrap up the show, we will be getting into the big daring move that the Chargers could make in free agency this year, according to ESPN. But I do want to get to our voicemails, and I want to get into someone that always brings it for us and always brings us some good questions, and that is Superfan Zach from Florida. So let's hear what Superfan Zach has for us today. Hey, guys. Zach from Florida here. So I had an interesting question for you. So if you take out the offensive line and you take out the special teams with kicker and punter, what position group are you most nervous for coming into the season before the draft? And on the other side, what position group are you the most excited for and more most optimistic for? So just want to get your thoughts and bolt up. 
I think this is a good question, David, just because obviously if you were just to ask this without putting any of the specifications about no offensive linemen and, you know, no kickers or punters, whatever the case is, it would obviously be the offensive line that would make you most nervous. But let's start with who makes you most nervous outside of the offensive line, David. Where are you going for that position group? So for me, it's kind of two, and they're both on the defensive side. It's the cornerbacks because of their age. I think they're really old. Uh, minus uh, Michael Davis, they don't really have any other real talent there that's under the age of 30. Um, and we don't know think, at this point if Michael Davis is coming back, right? <laughs> exactly, and that's another, uh, obviously, uh, another thing that makes you very nervous. I mean, if you don't have Michael Davis, I mean, man, it's looking really bad, and that might really change your plans of free agency and in the draft because you really you got to you have to address that immediately. But I think an under the radar thing for me is the defensive line. I uh, just the Chargers have not been. I, th- I think it's not for a lack of trying, but they haven't outside of Joey Bosa really been able to bring guys in that are able to make an impact and get get really uh, you know erase the run or get any kind of pass rush on a consistent basis. So I think they need to continue to add to the defensive line. They need to bring in some better talent. So they have guys that are like those Super Bowl teams that have the lines that can get pressure with three or four and not have to send extra guys because they have the talent on the inside. So for me, it's defensive line and cornerback. Yeah, I think those are both good ones. I mean, I I could go with either one of those, especially corner, just because of the uncertainty with Michael Davis. I would say an underrated one is probably the tight end position, just because outside of a few guys in the upcoming draft, there's not a ton of talent there. And just like the Michael Davis part of your answer, I mean, the Chargers don't know if Hunter Henry's coming back at this point. I think if they don't franchise tag him, if he hits the open market, he might be the most likely Charger to leave in that scenario. Just because I do think there are plenty of teams out there that would want, you know, a guy who can put up top 10 tight end production, which is what he's going to do. And if he does leave... Does that change your draft strategy? Do you, I mean, if Kyle Pitts is uh, available at 13, do you really seriously consider taking him or not? So, I mean, that's an interesting question. Yeah, and I mean, Kyle Pitts is such an outlier just because by taking Kyle Pitts, not only are you getting, you know, a good tight end or great tight end, I would say, really good route runner, great hands, you know, make contested catches, Super athletic and get the yards after the catch. I mean, he does everything well. He's one of the you know most perfect prospects you're going to find as far as offensive playmakers. You're kind of getting a wide receiver and a tight end all in one, right? You feel better about the Chargers receiving group if you get Kyle Pitts too. But I would say not knowing right now and having there be a possibility that the top two tight ends on this roster are going to be Donald Parham and Steven Anderson. Even with the flashes that they showed in 2020, yikes! that makes me pretty nervous going into the season. But the other part of this is which position group are we most excited about? And I think it's hard for me because obviously I look at the game so critically for the Chargers because I'm always trying to think, you know, how can this team get better? So I look at pretty much every position group and find holes, you know, that caused me to be at least a little bit nervous about pretty much everything. I mean, the quarterback position is really the only one I feel totally great about at this point. But David, when you're thinking about which one excites you the most, which position group would you go with? So the position group that excites me the most are the wide receivers. Uh, Just that you look at them and you see high-end, 
just top of the league talent uh, at the top end with Keenan Allen and even Mike Williams. And then you look at the bottom part of things with Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guyton, and even they have the, some things to be excited about. And then you have some unknowns as well with Joe Reed and KJ Hill. Those guys just didn't get a lot of opportunities to go out there and show what they can do. And they weren't really put in positions to allow their showcase, allow their skills to express themselves to the NFL, as Brandon Staley likes to say. So I just look at that group and I see a, a proven talent. I see some up and comers and I see some potential. So I just love that position group for the Chargers. I really think that they have a complete room there. Uh, it's just exciting to watch, and I'll be excited to see what these guys can do next year. Yeah, I think I would probably go with that as well. I mean, I would want to say safeties, but I mean, I might just be already envisioning Derwin James and John Johnson as the two you safeties. better not tag them. The <laughs> better not tag yeah. him, Rams. Yeah, yeah exactly. But I mean, obviously, if the Chargers signed John Johnson, you know, as soon as free agency opened up, I think safeties would be my answer, but... I think, yeah, I think the uncertainty for the wide receivers almost can be excitement as well for guys like Joe Reed, for guys like KJ Hill. Can this new coaching staff get some more out of those guys? Can they make a leap going into year two? Or are they just kind of at the bottom of the scrap heap? And are they thought of as expendable? I mean, there's a lot of questions there, but obviously a lot of excitement when you're having, you know, some of the biggest playmakers in the NFL last year, Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, as far as, you know, yards per catch and big touchdowns, 50 plus yard touchdowns. Those were two of the top guys in the NFL. Then you have Mike Williams, who only two seasons ago led the NFL in yards per reception. And then Keenan Allen, that's not a bad call at all. But we do have one more voicemail to get into. This is Roberto calling in from Mexico. Let's see what he has for us. Hello, guys. This is Roberto. I hope you're all doing pretty well. I was thinking, like, uh, I, I, I watched the press conference from Brandon Staley last, last week, and I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that, like, the way this guy speaks is just unbelievable, man. It's like, the more I listen to him and the more I watch of him, and I just, like, higher a lot every time even more every time I mean so I don't know I I was a little when, when I started hiring I was like why aren't we going with table like what the fuck is going on and, but now that I see this hire and just like look, look into it and see these guys press conference and like the way he expresses himself and the way he thinks I don't know I, I, I feel like we might have like I feel like the Chargers hit a grand slam with this hiring, man. I don't know. I'm just super happy about it. I every time I look into it, I like it even more and more and more. So I don't know. Do you guys think that this is gonna be like a, like a Sean McVay hiring or something like that, or do you guys think there's a little bit of uh, too much hype into it and he's maybe just a guy that is pretty good while speaking and maybe he's just going to be like a, a new Tom Telesco hiring of some out of uh, Mike McCoy and Anthony Lynn because I cannot remember a press conference of Mike McCoy I don't know if you guys do but I remember Anthony Lynn's press conference and man like every time he stepped into the pod like Seem as if you wanted to get the fuck out of there. But yeah, guys, uh, that's all for me. I want to know your thoughts on that. And keep up the, work, the good work, guys. See ya. 
So I think this is a legitimate question, and I know that we've you know gotten really excited about Brandon Staley. We've talked about just how different he is when he talks, whether it's on Chris Collinsworth's podcast or whether he's giving a press conference. You just like the way he communicates. And I think the thing for me is, David, it has a lot to do with what the Chargers didn't do well in 2020, which is what gives me hope for 2021. Because when you look back at it, I don't think that Brandon Staley is going to be okay with special teams failures as much as you know Anthony Lynn was or disasters whatever adjectives you know want to put on it super super bad how bad the special teams unit was the other thing is is I think the communication that he brings and the emphasis that he's put on communication and building his coaching staff is going to lead to a lot of the problems that cost the Chargers games in 2020 to be resolved in theory right I mean so many times at the end of games Anthony Lynn's going hey it was a miscommunication or something like that along those lines so I do think that yes I mean you can't get too excited about a coach until he goes out there and actually wins games. But that specific reason for what he's bringing to the team is what gives me hope. Brandon Staley is like your new girlfriend, right? You're so excited. You're, you know, everything's hot and heavy and you have the rose colored glasses on right now. Everything you see looks beautiful, but he still has to go out there and put game plans together, get a team and go out there and win football games. So Everything that he has said up to this point, it all sounds great. The collaborative nature, his uh, his philosophy on teaching, how he views his team and the fam and family and relationships. I mean, everything that has come out of his mouth and the coaching staff that he's put together, it all excites you. But you do have to temper some expectations because there's been some great talkers out there. And yeah, he had a great year as a defensive coordinator, but now now he's the maestro. Now he's the guy running the show. So we have to see what that looks like. But to, to see some of the decisions he's made, like bringing in Darius Swinton, who has experience on tackling an issue that plagued the Chargers last year with the time management, that's a specialty of his. And he brought in a guy that can correct that. I, I just think this guy is so smart. I think this is a guy who's going to be able to adjust not only week to week, but in game as well, which is something the Chargers didn't do very well. A lot of those things excite you. But at the end of the day, Daniel, this this league is about winning and losing. And for Brandon Staley, he's going to have to go out there and win. And that's all there is to it. Yeah, and I guess if he goes out there and goes 12 and 4, you know, I guess it might, it might have been justified. But if he goes out and goes 6 and 10, the Chargers are super injured and they start looking like they don't know what they're doing out there, we're going to have a totally different perspective on it and we're going to be like, hey, you can't fall for that. But I do think him talking to the media, talking on different podcasts and big radio shows has eased some of the fears you might have had it for the people who really wanted Brian Dable as far as what his vision is going to be for not just this team, but also for Justin Herbert, which is also super Definitely important Definitely made well. me a believer. Definitely. I am a Brandon Staley believer, and I'm uh, willing to admit that. But we do have one more segment to get into because ESPN has a big, daring move that the Chargers should make in free agency, and we're going to pick the entire article apart. Coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. If you guys are big sports game boards, now is the time to get in on it because especially with football season over, one way to make basketball super exciting, one way to make NHL super exciting, especially for me, who's football number one always, is to have some money on it, right? So I think right now, especially with March Madness coming up, it's a great time to get in on the action. You can also bet on awards, TV shows, 
reality TV. You can also bet on NFL futures like will the Chargers win the Super Bowl in 2021. There's so much action you can find on betonline.ag, and it's going to enhance your sports viewing experience. All you have to do is head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus because you listen to this podcast when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's free money to gamble with, guys. House money to play with. All you have to do is go to betonline.ag. Make sure to use that promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word to get that 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. All right, so obviously as we're scouring the internet to try to find things to talk about on today's show, one of the things that popped up was a daring move on ESPN, if you're an ESPN Plus member, of course. For each NFL team, for all 32 teams, they had a big move that maybe not a lot of people see coming. And for the Chargers, it was sign cornerback Patrick Peterson. And there's a couple reasons I have issues with outside of the fact that Patrick Peterson, you know, is an aging corner and all those things. And I don't even necessarily think it's a bad move. And we'll get to that, you know, adding a player like Patrick Peterson. But this is what I have a problem with. This is the explanation. So signing Peterson could give the Chargers a strong trio of cornerbacks to work with if they choose to keep Michael Davis. Peterson, though not coming off of his best season, can handle the outside and shadow any wide receiver, while Casey Hayward could kick back inside to the nickel position. This is the issue, David. There is not a single mention in this entire article from ESPN that mentions the fact that they have a slot cornerback in Chris Harris Jr. And this is something we've talked about before. You know, hey, maybe they're just assuming Chris Harris Jr. is going to get cut. I don't know. But he is the slot corner right now, and we've talked about potentially moving Casey Hayward Jr., inside of the slot and I honestly think he'd probably be better there just because of the things that he had issues with in 2020 but it is pretty funny to see them doing this and saying hey if they have Michael Davis Patrick Peterson and Casey Hayward Jr that's a pretty good trio of corners not even mentioning the fact that they also have Chris Harris Jr who you know was named one of the best players of a decade yeah I was about to say you forgetting about one of the best undrafted free agent corners in NFL history like come on now uh, give the man some respects. Put some respect on Strap Harris's name. Uh, I mean, yes, honestly, looking at the idea, I like it. I mean, Patrick Peterson has some good skills. Now, last year, notwithstanding, what definitely was not his best year, seven missed tackles, a passer rating allowed of 100, 100.8, and this is the scariest thing, 13.5 yards per reception. I mean, ugh. definitely not a number that you would like to see out of a starting cornerback. But uh, I think at, at this point in his career, uh, you you still have some things that you like. I mean, the, the speed doesn't go anywhere. But, yes, how do you forget about Chris Harris Jr. in this situation? He's in the slot. Um, I, I, would, I agree with you, though. I mean, if we did move Casey Hayward into the slot, that would kind of take away the need to have to – cover long as much as he did last year and that's obviously where he got burned the most yeah exactly and obviously you know unfortunately both him and Chris Harris Jr. both probably play their best football out of the slot so that's the biggest issue there but let's get to another big plot hole in this whole you know daring move that the Chargers are supposed to make so this is another thing they said which is pretty funny Peterson brings an element of speed that Davis while still capable did not possess and could be quite valuable in keeping up with the many speedy wide receivers in the AFC West. So, yeah, this was somebody who did not pay attention or watch the Chargers at all. One one of the main reasons the Chargers have you know put so much time and effort into Michael Davis is because he's so damn fast. I mean, that's was one of his only redeeming qualities early on in his career while he figured oh, out how man. to turn his head around. But 
this if is, you were building a corner out of granite, like a statue out of granite, the way you wanted a corner to look, that's Michael Davis. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got the athletic profile that you would die for as a defensive coach. Absolutely. I mean, he has the long arms as well. He can make plays on the football as he showed last year. So a lot to like, but this was the hilarious part is just the fact that Patrick Peterson, known for being a speedster, ran a blazing 40 time coming out of college of 4-3-4 at the age of 30. You could probably think he's maybe lost a step at this point, potentially definitely still a pretty fast player. And he'd probably be the Chargers second fastest corner if he joined them. But the hilarious thing is Michael Davis also ran a 4-3-4-40, so... Oh, wow! Yeah. So crazy! So they wouldn't, How did yeah. that happen? They wouldn't be improving their speed very much by bringing in Patrick Peterson, or at least Patrick Peterson, probably at this point, being five years older, isn't still faster than Michael Davis. So it just seemed like whoever wrote this, you know, hey, maybe Patrick Peterson is a good move, David, but obviously, you know, if you have, you're saying that Michael Davis isn't getting it done in the speed department, you probably don't know what Michael Davis does well. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But at the same time, David, yes, of course, you know, if the right price comes along, if Brandon Staley thinks it's the right fit, of course you'd like to add Patrick Peterson. But at the same time, I mean, it's hard to imagine you're going to give a big deal to not only Michael Davis, but find something still reasonable enough to spend another, you know, multi-year contract on Patrick Peterson as well. Yeah, and as much as I would love for the Chargers to bring in Patrick Peterson to add to this secondary in this defense, I honestly just do not like the idea of having three corners over the age of 30. Yep. That's not the direction that I'm looking to go for the Chargers, right? They need to go the opposite direction. They need to get younger, not older. So I appreciate everything that Patrick Peterson has done in, in, in his career, and he's been a very exciting player to watch. But I just think his time, uh, at least... To join the Chargers, I think that is probably passed. I just don't like that idea. I just I would not sign up for that. Well, the Chargers, one of the biggest issues is not talent. I mean, they have talent as far as, you know, it's top-heavy because after Michael Davis, Chris Harris Jr., and Casey Hayward, it goes down to Brandon Faison and Tavon Campbell. But the biggest thing is they don't have any young talent. I mean, Michael Davis is the youngest talented cornerback that they have on this team so I think that yes it's going the wrong direction if you're bringing in a guy who's going to be 31 when the next league gear starts when the next season starts I should say but he still has some game I mean over the last three seasons even with all the things that we've said he's still only allowed according to pro football reference about 40.5 yards per game which you'd absolutely sign up for right and he's, he still got three interceptions last year which is only which is the same amount that Michael Davis took took home last year too so I mean the Chargers were towards the end of the league in interceptions, so adding more interceptions is obviously not a bad thing. Yeah, and that's more interceptions than Casey Hayward and Chris Harris Jr. combined. So, I mean, that's also very nice as well. And the other thing is, is even at his age, I mean, he's only had one season out of his 10 seasons in the NFL where he's missed any time at all. Nine seasons of playing 16-plus games that's something that the Chargers need desperately is durability. So I understand the thought process of adding Patrick Peterson. If it comes at the expense of Michael Davis, get out of here. If it, you know, if it comes at the expense of adding offensive line help or bringing in a guy like John Johnson, they can get out of here too with that. But at least do the research. At least watch the team that you're going to be talking about. I understand, hey, if you're doing it on 32 teams, that's rough. I couldn't do it. 
But at least, you know, mention Chris Harris Jr. At least don't say Patrick Peterson and Michael Davis is going to be a huge upgrade in speed. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. So I wanted to talk about that because I thought it was pretty funny. But that is going to do it for today's show. Of course, we will be back with you guys tomorrow. And tomorrow is Free Agent Friday. So we're going to have more to talk about with these free agents. We'll be looking at some big names. We'll be talking about guys like Corey Lindsley, the former Packers center, potentially as an option for the Chargers and maybe some more offensive linemen they could target in free agency as well. But that's going to do it for today's show. Just a programming alert for you guys. We have huge news on the Locked On Chargers podcast. If you listened to this point of the podcast, you're going to be very excited to hear that we have booked, as of this point, an interview with our first ever current Chargers player, Austin Eckler will be joining the Locked On Chargers podcast. That episode will be out next week. Austin Eckler coming on the show to talk with us about the Chargers. Can't be more excited than we are right now. This is huge news for us. We're super excited to be able to have a player of Austin Eckler's caliber, you know, come on the show for our first active player. I mean, I definitely thought we'd be going for a practice squad guy or something. No, Austin Eckler will be on the show next week. And the best way to make sure you get notified when that show comes out is to make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers podcast wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That is the easiest and fastest way to get the show because it is a daily formatted show. So make sure you guys do that or else you're going to miss us talking with Austin Eckler. But until tomorrow, guys, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page, Lockdown Chargers. Make sure to shoot us a follow on Instagram if you guys are on there at Lockdown Chargers. If you guys want to be the next people to get on the voicemail show, the number is 323-524-7924. And we're trying to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. So make sure you join back in with us tomorrow for Free Agent Friday. And next week when we have Chargers starting running back, Austin Eckler on the show. But until then, guys, take it easy and go Bulls.